0: With a new administration comes new environmental policies and regulations. And of course, we have environmental groups expressing their concerns about how we need to hold our politicians accountable. Joining me is Lauren Pagel. She is the policy director of Earthworks, here to tell us all about what her primary concerns are regarding the new administration. And welcome, Lauren. It's such a pleasure to have you on our show again.
1: Thank you. Very happy to be here.
0: So tell us, what needs to be in the forefront of our biggest concerns?
1: Well, obviously, this is all about the climate crisis. And the climate crisis requires action and bold action um, at all levels. So we're really pushing the Biden administration to do everything they can to tackle the climate crisis. Um, So that's everything from cutting methane pollution from oil and gas um, to stopping leasing and possibly permitting on public lands um, to pushing that clean energy future that we that we want to get to. Um, and he's off to a good start um, in terms of really prioritizing um, this move away from fossil fuels and a move towards clean, green energy and a clean energy economy. Um, but it's very early. So, you know, we're excited about Biden's recent actions, um, because we know that this is an urgent and necessary shift um, that relies on science, um, as opposed to oil and gas industry boardrooms and politicking. Um, We need to make sure that science and science about the climate crisis governs our oil and gas policy in the United States. You know, the Obama administration sort of put some modest rules around Um, cutting methane pollution from oil and gas Um, in 2016. The Trump administration came in and worked as hard as they could to undo those rules. And so now we're at a point um, with, to avoid the climate catastrophe in New Mexico, in the United States, rest of the world, we need to act quickly. Um, And because methane is, such a powerful climate forcer, it's 86 times more powerful at warming our climate than CO2. Um, Actions that prioritize cutting oil and gas emissions, cutting methane, can buy us a little more time to cut carbon emissions. And the Clean Air Act provides this tool to the Biden administration, um, They can utilize the full extent of the Clean Air Act um, to cut oil and gas pollution by 65% by 2025. Um, And that's the federal action. And we're hoping that we're going to see action at the state level in New Mexico as well. um, Governor Lujan Grisham um, has there are some rules out there that would limit methane pollution and other air pollution from the oil and gas industry in New Mexico, but there are some big loopholes in the proposals. And so we're hoping that what we can see is really strong action at the federal level on climate from the Biden administration and really strong action at the state level um, from Governor Lujan Grisham on oil and gas emissions uh, and methane. Uh, and, And really, we need both to tackle what is a significant, and growing crisis
0: how else might the biden administration's decisions affect new mexico and new mexicans when it comes to oil and gas
1: you know so new mexico has a lot of oil and gas drilling and you know what we really need to do not just in new mexico but across the country um is stop the expansion of oil and gas facilities you know that that sacrifice frontline communities um impact marginalized people, and really not only harm our climate, but harm our health. Um, And we need to transition to an energy that better protects air, water, health, and climate. Um, And there are good, clean energy jobs, or there could be, good clean energy jobs for folks in New Mexico. Um, You know, Governor Lujan Grisham has already agreed to lead on climate and transition New Mexico to cleaner energy through her climate action plan Um, and making that a reality and moving from dirty oil and gas jobs to clean energy jobs um, and figuring out how to support communities that currently rely on oil and gas, um, you know as for their for the economy figuring out how to support those communities through this transition and really build a state a build a new mexico that has that is you know helping move us away from fossil fuels helping combat climate change and has clean air and good jobs for everyone
0: as we move into renewable energy and the use of more electricity we're also dealing with batteries and mining, can you talk a little bit about the importance of staying away from riskier and dirtier mining? The big concern is the metals needed to operate electric batteries, right? And that they may have their own environmental impact that may be as severe. Is it is it as severe, or or less than that of oil and gas?
1: Well, it depends on how the mining happens and where it happens. Um, but it it has the potential to be just as harmful. Um, and the challenge that we face here in the United States is that we have very antiquated mining laws. So the law that governs, um, hard rock mining on public land and hard rock mining is, um, sort of what you would think of as like everything that's not oil, gas, and coal. So not fuels, but, um, things like copper, um, gold, uh, nickel, things like that, um, that mining is um, governed by the 1872 mining law. It was created for what your typical sort of minor 49er out panning with, um, you know, for gold. And the law has not really significantly changed since the 1872. And, and that has allowed the mining industry to be um, according to the EPA, the top toxic polluter, um, it allows, because of there we've got loopholes in the Clean Water Act. Mining companies are often allowed to dump um, polluting polluted mine water directly into streams and wetlands. Um and so we have a situation where um, we don't want the cure to be worse than the disease. And so I think that, we need to, in addition to creating a sustainable minerals economy and a focus on recycling and reuse, um, we need to update our mining laws. And the Biden administration can do that without Congress. And we are hoping, um, especially with soon to be Secretary of the Interior, Holland, we're hoping that The Interior Department, uh, as well as the Forest Service, will really take a look at the mining regulations that they have on the books and figure out a way um, to protect communities and give communities the ability to have more of a say in where that mining happens and how it happens, um, and also to protect water. We've got a lot of mines out there that pollute water in perpetuity, meaning um, we have pollution in in some of our headwaters from, you know, uh, decades, if not hundreds of years ago. And so we need to make sure that we are crafting mining policy that doesn't pollute water for eternity and that also gives communities those options um, to protect themselves from from mining. So New Mexico has a lot of mining, um, and, you know, we need to make this transition away from oil and to electric vehicles. You will um, you know, uh, General Motors came out with a huge announcement um, that they are going to transition um, to fully electric vehicles at, by, I think, 2035, and that is a game changer, but it does bring the question of we can't just move from dirty oil that impacts communities to dirty mining for for minerals needed for electric vehicles that impacts different communities, you know, because we're just, that's, you know, if we want to think about this from an environmental justice perspective, um, you know, that we don't want to create more but just different sacrifice zones. So, what we need to do is we need to create a sustainable minerals economy. We need to be recycling, reusing, um, and we need to create a cradle to grave um, system for the metals that are needed for the clean energy future. Um, And so we can avoid a lot of mining by creating that sustainable minerals economy. Um, And then any mining that does happen, you know, and there's mining happening out there right now um, for things like lithium, copper, nickel. Um, we need to make sure that that mining is done in a way that protect protects communities and protects water. Um, so we need to give communities the right to say no to mining um, in their in their home near their families if that is what they choose. Um, and if mining is going to go forward, it needs to happen. Um, in with the highest environmental standards. And that's not what we have in the United States right now.
0: You also have a program that is a community empowerment project. Can you talk a little bit about that and how can New Mexico get on board with that?
1: Yes. So, you know, we have a, a tool. It's called an optical gas imaging camera. Um, it is a camera that makes... Uh, Oil and gas air pollution, so methane emissions and other volatile organic compounds, visible to the naked eye. Um, Currently, they're invisible if you went out to an oil and gas well. um, You might smell some significant odors, but you likely wouldn't see any pollution coming from that operation. Um, But if you went out with us and you pointed, um, we have sort of trained what are called thermographers who are trained to use this camera um, to see that invisible pollution. So if you went out with us and you looked through this camera, you would often see methane or other VOCs, you know, spewing out of places that it shouldn't be. Um, and that's really our goal is we take communities out, we take members of Congress, we take state legislators. Um, we want to educate um. About the fact that even though you don't see this pollution, it is still there and it is still harming our climate and it is still harming the health of the people who live nearby.
0: And if you just tuned in, we've been speaking with Lauren Pagel. She is the policy director for Earthworks, a nonprofit organization dedicated to protecting communities and the environment from the adverse impacts of mineral and energy development while promoting sustainable solutions. The word loophole always comes up in legislation, especially around environmental law. I imagine you see that all the time. What are the big loopholes that we need to look out for in this administration? As we know, Democrats can be well-intended, but don't always deliver the goods as much as we'd like. How do we make sure to close those loopholes, and what are the primary ones to look out for?
1: Over the years, the oil, gas, and mining industry um, has been really good at advocating um, to not comply with our major environmental laws. So um, you have the the hard rock mining industry um, is subject to Clean Water Act loopholes, um, which allow them to dump mining waste directly into water. Um, you've got the oil and gas industry who's exempt from the Safe Drinking Water Act, um, which means that you can drill an oil or gas well, you know, through a drinking water source potentially putting that drinking water source at risk. Congress is quite divided right now. Um, and, you know, there's a lot, there's some things they can do, but there's not, <laughs> um, but it, it's, you know, there's still a, you know, an, a bipartisan um, support for many pieces of legislation in order for them to pass. Um, and so we're really looking to the Biden administration to do everything they can within their power under current law um, to help protect communities and the environment um, from the impacts of oil, gas, and mining. And so those those regulatory actions under the Clean Air Act, under the Clean Water Act, National Environmental Policy Act, the leasing moratorium, these are all things that this administration can do um, without Congress. The directive that came as part of an executive order from President Biden was every agency needs to take a look at every regulation and figure out how we can create a whole of government approach to climate change. Um, Now, this is still going to require, you know, the folks who care about our planet and care about our air and water Um, to push the Biden administration to do everything they can. It's an uphill battle because they are also tasked with undoing all of the damage that the Trump administration did. Um, And, you know, the oil and gas and mining industry, you know, pays lobbyists millions of dollars and contributes millions of dollars every year to congressional campaigns to get these types of loopholes in our environmental laws.
0: How do they manage to do that? Um,
1: you know, it is a problem with money in politics um that there is an outsized influence of money um flowing to government uh to political officials um in a way that unduly influences them. And so we, you know, need to tackle the money in politics issue in order to bring our le- lawmakers back to what they should be doing, which is advocating for the public interest. Um, and so instead of the public interest, you have members of Congress that are bought and paid for by the oil and gas industry. Um, and that really allows them to have an influence over legislating um, that your average person doesn't have. Um, and it's, and it ha- it is what has led to, Um, sort of the gridlock in Congress. You know, we have a very divided Congress um, and it's very difficult to get legislation passed in that kind of gridlock. Um, And so that is why we are looking to the Biden administration um, to do everything they can within their power using current law um, to tackle the climate, climate crisis. So the executive order that the president signed, creates a whole of government approach to tackling the climate crisis. So what President Biden is doing is he is directing every agency to take a look at current law, rules that are currently on the books, how things are funded, where money flows. And he is directing every agency and not just the Environmental Protection Agency and not, you know, but the, you know, Department of Interior, the Department of Agriculture, State Department, take a look and figure out how your agency can be a part of the solution to the climate crisis. Um, and so that's a big task. And it's a huge task because while doing that, while looking towards the future and creating this clean energy future that we all want, um you know, there's still the oil and gas industry and the mining industry who are trying to throw up roadblocks. Um, There have already been legal challenges to the president's executive order around leasing that also happened on Wednesday. Um, And there's also the need to undo everything that the Trump administration did to harm our health and our and the climate. So, um, you know, we're moving forward with tackling the climate crisis at every level of government, but we're also undoing the damage of the Trump administration. Um, So it is, um, you know, going to be a whirlwind of the next four years. You know, we don't know, um, you know, we are hopeful with the first steps that the Biden administration has taken, um, that he is going to do more than any other president for climate, um, but there's such a long way to go. I mean, we have fewer than 10 years to act boldly to avoid catastrophe for New Mexico, the United States, and that the, the world. Um, and that is that's a, a quick timeline to make huge changes to what our economy looks like. Um, and without Congress, with a divided Congress, it's going to be difficult.
0: And what are the kind of catastrophic events we're talking about within ten years.
1: You know, I think we're already seeing it: stronger storms, more wildfires. Um, you know, the the rise in temperature um, is going to create you know more you know severe heat events, and um, you know this isn't just something that we'll be dealing with. Here in the U.S., but across the world, um, to leading to food insecurity, famine. Um, the if we don't get pollution under control, um, you know, it's those kinds of uh, climate events are going to continue to get worse. Um, and stopping oil and gas expansion. Um, stopping permitting and moving away from fossil fuels as our main source of energy and is is a key part of um, of getting us to where we need to be. So it's a big challenge and it's a big challenge um, to accomplish with a Congress that is is potentially um, you know a bit hamstrung by its current makeup.
0: And the current way it operates as in money and politics, Money in politics, yes. Is there ever any effort for environmental groups to work with other forms of advocacy, everything from racial justice to economic justice, um, to really take that on? Because it it seems that until we get money out of politics, what's really going to happen for the people?
1: Yeah, there have been sort of broad coalition efforts to get money out of politics. It's a challenge because of the current makeup of the Senate, and the fact that the filibuster, um, which is sort of a you know parliamentary procedure that's in the weeds, but it does require, um, you know, most legislation requires 60 votes, which requires 10 Republicans to come along with the Democrats on any kind of significant legislation. There are a few exempt the, like uh, exemptions to this, but it's very difficult to make legislation. When you need a two-thirds majority, and so I, the, um, that is why relying on administrative action um, from the Biden administration is sort of seen as the best course of action uh, in terms of stemming the climate crisis right now. Um, there are some opportunities in the Senate around budget, and, um, and we think that there could be movement. I don't know if there's going to be movement around money in politics. I think that it's an entrenched system that many members of Congress benefit from. Um, And uh, it's, you know, we have lots of folks calling for kicking corporate money out of politics. um, But thus far, the path forward to do that seems very unclear.
0: And so, if people do really want to make a difference, is the best thing to do call Deb Halen, give her a call, write her a letter, as well as Joe Biden. Is that who citizens need to be expressing their concerns to, rather than their their Congress people?
1: Um, so, at this point, if you've got if you're interested in um, you know helping to move on the climate crisis, yes, contacting the Biden administration um, is key, but don't leave out your members of Congress um, because they need to, even if there might not be an option in the next two years or four years, they need to hear that communities care about the climate. They care about public health. They want to stop the pollution from the oil and gas industry, and they want to move towards a cleaner, greener energy economy. Um, And so even if it might not necessarily impact a vote, having that call into your member of Congress um, does matter.
0: Fantastic. And if you just tuned in, we've been speaking with Lauren Pagel. She is the policy director for Earthworks, a nonprofit organization dedicated to protecting communities and the environment from the adverse impacts of mineral and energy development while promoting sustainable solutions. I want to thank you so much for joining us again and giving us this very important update.
1: Thank you so much.
0: For KSFR News, this is M.K. Mendoza.